Have you or any of your loved ones showed symptoms of a dramatic drop in standards? Have they become infatuated with someone that you know doesn't even have a credit score? Have they made claims that they're having good sex, but you see no signs of a good partnership? They may be suffering from good dick dilemma. GDD is a severe condition in which judgment can be clouded by an individual providing amazing sex, but toxic otherwise. Please let your loved ones know. Help is available. Hey Pot Sexers, welcome to another episode of Talk Pot Sex. And this time, Chris Edward isn't with us on this take, but I do have someone else. My boyfriend Aaron is here with us today. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I want to distinguish a few things. So just because someone performs in bed doesn't necessarily mean that they kind of fall into this category. However, the good dick dilemma specifically refers to someone who that's basically all they can they can offer you. That's all that they have to set on the table is just their bodies. That's practically enough to get someone hooked and to get them kind of in this trance, you know, not really seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems a lot like, I don't know, maybe just the individual in question, you know, just their standards are more on this, uh, the, the physical right now. They're not looking for somebody as far as growth, maybe financial growth or spiritual growth, what have you, but uh, they're just looking for, you know, just that uh, the physical uh, comfort at this point. You don't call that person up just because you want to cuddle, just because you want to be comforted. Like, you call them because simply there is a void and you need it to be filled and they have something to fill it with. I don't even think it's it's simply a, a comfort thing. I think you can, at some points, like, be more susceptible to that type of person. But I don't know. I don't think it's just, like, a comfort thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and I've heard... Uh, just in various, you know, talks in school or whatever from, from girls who need their voids filled, if you will, um, that it's not necessarily the pleasure that they're looking for, but it is the comfort. It is having somebody, you know, in a physical sense that they're one with, uh, that they could just, you know, they it, it's more of a comfort thing for them. It's not necessarily I want the pleasure, but I just like uh, having somebody, you know, a companion, even for these few minutes to, to make me feel good. So there's like a comfort factor there, like even for the, the, the duration of intercourse that they're, they're enjoying having somebody to do it with, uh, maybe a little more so than the, uh, than the act itself. Basically, it's just their presence and having someone there, having someone that knows your name be around you, that's going to give you some type of attention, even though it's not the right attention and, it, and you know, it's extremely toxic. It's just that overall presence that kind of gets you hooked in um and then that physical that physical benefit is really kind of like the hook in it you know you're like you're interested because someone is paying attention to you and then you know the sex just kind of like gets you hooked in there right like perhaps you uh, your finances are already in order you just you feel good about your life maybe you're busy all day you just don't you don't have time for you know holding hands at the park you don't have time for dates you don't have time for you know netflix or whatever but to just have that that moment every night or every morning whatever uh with somebody even in a physical sense can make up for the lack of all that so you know it just depends on the person but that could be a that could be an issue 
I mean, I can recall just in life experience and talking with different women and just, you know, observing people that sometimes you can have a lot going for you and someone can come into your life that gives you something that you're missing. And, you know, it's, I mean, like I said, it's like a hypnotizing effect, like, like a drug even, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's just so many factors that go into that, especially with uh, young people, people in their 20s, uh, college age folk where, you know, perhaps you were protected from from a sexual lifestyle, then you're away from home, away from family, and you want to experiment and do things and you might get used to that, uh, that promiscuity. And it doesn't have to be promiscuity per se, but uh, I think it has a lot to do with uh, where you are in your life at the time. Um, maybe just if you're away from home, you're at school or something like that, uh, just being able to have a strictly sexual relationship with somebody may initially be exciting and fun, and over time you just get used to it. Um, I was also doing a little research on how, I guess, sex addiction and uh, drug addiction can be related. And so the part of your brain that like kind of like for drug addicts that lights up is a uh, you know kind of involved with reward, anticipation, and motivation. It's the same part of your brain that lights up uh, for sex. So it's possible that individuals who are addicted to sex or maybe are okay with just taking uh, sex from one person and, and not looking at any other facets of a relationship, maybe they could also be, you know, or have a higher uh, chance of being a, you know, a drug addict in other senses. Maybe they've never done drugs, uh, recreational or otherwise, but sex is their drug. I don't know. I I think that's like, that's changing the locus of control. Like, yeah, I can agree, you know, definitely there is a, a chemical reaction. There's a brain reaction to being hooked on something like, you know, someone who has amazing sex. However, like, I don't want to take away that control from that person and kind of give them a diagnosis of like some sort of disease or um, predisposition for addiction if they're like messing around with someone who isn't necessarily healthy for them. Yeah, they could use some improving on their life choices, or it may just be like that point in time in their life, you know? You mentioned definitely um, like going off to college. Like that's definitely a time where you're kind of figuring out everything and you may end up in, in some kind of fucked up relationships. I can definitely look back and say like, yeah, I was in a relationship that was definitely um, – that was definitely harmful to me and my well-being. However, you know, I wouldn't say that I have some type of, like, predisposition for addiction. And sex wasn't even, like, a, a thing for that relationship. Um, right, but, so that's, not re that's not as applicable then to, like, what we're talking about. You know, like, when you look at somebody who really likes sex, who really enjoys sex with, uh, with their partner... Perhaps if sex was not uh, a part of that equation, if sex was taken away, that person might be more inclined to cheat. They would be more inclined to find that that uh, that that source of pleasure from somebody else. So that's why I kind of equate that to uh, how a drug user, if they can't find a drug here, they're gonna go somewhere else. Well, we live um, in like the age of of side pieces. Like you know, every time I scroll on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm most likely to come across a, a meme about a side piece and what that entails. It's not even like they're providing some type of emotional thing. In some cases, that, that may be so, but 
I don't know. I can't just like, I can't label that like as if it were a disease because then that's kind of saying like you can't pull yourself out of it. Like that's the way how you're always going to be because you have this such and such condition. Well, no, I mean, that almost kind of makes my point for me. Like if you're in a relationship where you're getting an emotional, uh, you're getting what you want from an emotional or from a growth standpoint. But if the sex isn't as fulfilling, maybe you want to look elsewhere. Maybe you want to find somebody who can supply that for you. Perhaps, you know, an individual who is getting very, uh, very, you know, frequent and exciting sex doesn't want to look around because they have what they want. But again, if you kind of take that out of the equation, then they go and look elsewhere. Again, similar to a drug user. So yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I mean, there is a common ground in kind of where we're going. I'm just more so worried like, oh, well, you know, I have a predisposition to be captivated by good dick. I don't even want to put that out there. However, I do realize that, yeah, there is that addictive chemical response and you're not getting that from your usual partner. You're going to go and you're going to call your side piece. You're going to get on Tinder. You're going to get on Jacked and you're going to find that. You're going to find that experience. And speaking of dating apps, dating apps really do, like they give those who just have good sex to offer, like a stomping ground to like trap new people, like things like Tinder, Jack, those types of apps. I don't know. They're like, almost like calling cars for these people. Somebody might be looking for a fling or something like that, and then they end up getting turned out by this person, and now you're in this, like, cycle again. So you use use the word trapped. Uh, what What do you mean by that? Because, like, previously you brought up how you don't feel that, or you don't want to give somebody the excuse that, you know, they, they, they need this and that they have a predisposition, but what do you mean by trapped? Well, not in, in a permanent sense. Like, no, not at all. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, you're trapped and you're going to be here forever. You know, dun, dun, dun. It's like you're hooked. You you meet this guy or this girl on the dating app. And then, you know, you guys maybe go out on a, on a date the first night. You have sex. And at that point, it's like, damn, like this person is really, really, really good in bed. I want more of that. Like you're now kind of, you've been introduced to that cycle and, you know, how fast you pull out of it, you know, is up to how quick you can realize what exactly is going on and kind of realize your worth to not be used. Now, if you do just want someone to have the fling with, it's, it's different, you know, it's like, right, right. We're like, like, so you said realize like, what if the re- the realization is there from the get go? What if that individual just wants casual? Then that's sex? just th- that's just like that's just a booty call. That's just okay. I know this person can put it down. My mind is still intact. My sanity is still intact. I have good judgment, mm-hmm. and you know we're just gonna get together, do what we do, go our separate ways. But it's an infatuation that comes along with this GDD, this good dick dilemma really is like the I guess at that pivotal point when you become infatuated with someone when that person is toxic and you want to bring them closer into your life and you want them to be a part of your life knowing that they have nothing else to offer but their dick 
And that's that's the part that's the trap. Like that's the infatuation and then the other person being willing to take advantage of you for whatever other benefit that they can gain from you. Like that's the trap. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that's on uh, that's still on the person who invited that type of uh, relationship into their lives. You know, like they 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 knew beforehand that this is what it is. And the fact that you're now catching feelings is kind of on you. But some people get that savior attitude where they're like, well, you know, I can change them. You know, I can, they can get a job, you know, I, I can send them this job application. Knowing they ain't going to do that goddamn job application. Knowing they not going to get up and do something with themselves. Knowing that they using up your credit and the gas in your car. Like, you know all of these things, but it's completely clouded. It's like that judgment piece is not there to be like, well... You know, I'm making a conscious decision. I know this person isn't right, but I'm going to continue to deal with them. That's not even the case because then it's like you're still making a decision. Whereas in the, you know, in the latter, it's like I'm completely enthralled and I'm completely thrilled with this person. Like I want more of them so much so that I'm willing to put them into my personal spaces and let them just one amok. And see, then that's when it starts to sound like a drug addict. That's when an individual starts to sound like a drug addict. They're willing to give their money, give their time to something so that they can feel better. I don't know. I, I that that like drug addict language is still like that's still problematic for me. Like, yeah, I get the correlation. Well, it, I mean, it's problematic when you're letting somebody drive your car and ruin your credit just for just for sex. That's when it's problematic. It, I kind of see the same. I see a lot of parallels with the drug, with somebody, not even an addict, just somebody who abuses drugs, paying more money out of their paycheck, spending more time trying to get this drug, get to this high, and not really worrying about other parts of their lives. The parallels are all kind of there. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not denying that there are parallels. Um, and this is definitely something, a phenomena that can happen across, you know, sexual preferences. I think about the gay and lesbian community or, you know, the LGBTQ community abroad. Someone can be offering you amazing sex, but, you know, the same thing still applies. Like, all they have to offer is what they can do in the bedroom. Nothing else really, like, applies and you become enthralled with them. You know, occasionally someone does see it from the beginning. Again, like this whole phenomena wouldn't exist if everyone was like, yeah, that person isn't good for me, but the sex is good. So I'm going to have my fun now and then I'm going to get back to doing me. But but they never do. I'm not going to say they never do, but it's like it's something that they have to get hurt really badly and they have to have so much taken from them for them to wake up because it's not enough for your best friend or your cousin to be like hey you um you drop on your standards pretty low there you drop on the bar um that's not enough like it in these situations it's almost like that person has to be hurt in order for them to kind of snap out of it and kind of make changes and to exclude that person from their lives. I mean, yeah, that's how it works. Um, you know, if you're just living blissfully, you're not going to want to stop it. You're not going to want to to put a halt to the good thing you got going on, but it's going to take, you know, some kind of pain to kind of make you back out of it. So, you know, that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, say that that can be a parallel to drug addiction but not on the severity 
uh, that same, I'm not going to put it on that same same level as a drug addiction. Because good dick isn't always a bad thing. I feel like a guy knows how to perform and he has other things to offer uh, that can be positive to your, positive to your life, that can add to your life in some type of way, then like, yeah, if a, if a girl, same way, like everything is good, like, you know, she's amazing and she has other qualities and, and really qualifications because when you're dating someone, it's, it's like a, a long application process to get a job, to get a job of being that person's lover, to earn that person's trust and to have their love as a payout. You know, that's it's really an application process. And some people have that. So I'm not going to say like, you know, if the sex is good, then it's like, well, am I falling into get dick dilemma? Because that's not always the case. I want to talk about the moral of the story because not everything involved in this is a bad thing. I can definitely point out a few good um, takeaways from this this whole conversation is that things like this can be good for the moment, um, but it's easy to get caught up in the rapture. While you're just almost in a way just using them for their body, they can be using you for things that you can't get back that or that take time to repair. And that can be internally, externally, materialistically, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can have a partner that may not be fulfilling you in the way that, you know, your side piece would. But recognize that your side piece is probably a professional side piece. That's what they do for a living. And that's something that they have to fix within themselves. I think if you, you're in a relationship where you have someone that you're interested in, good communication, communicating your sexual needs, your sexual wants, your, your desires and fantasies, and having that person being open to you, I feel like your sex life will automatically improve. You don't have to just kind of settle for what's being offered in your relationship because if that person truly cares, then they're going to want to please you sexually as well. They're going to want to please you intimately. They're going to want to please you from an intellectual and, you know, from a conversation perspective. You know, they're going to want to please you in in every way that they possibly can. So just be being open to your partner instead of being open to someone else that is going to give you an immediate satisfaction, but a world worth of hurt is definitely the better option in this case. Yeah, I mean, you said it earlier that, uh, you know, rely somebody with I guess reliable dick doesn't don't necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It could be both. You can get the best of both worlds from that. Um you can get, I guess, fun and uh enthralling sex with growth, with stability, with love. So you can get all that kind of in one package instead of just us settling for just the physical for right now. Cause I think even in our relationship, how far we've come and just like knowing each other like over these years and how our communication improves and how, you know, we kind of seek ways to make each other happy and to find new ways to love each other. I think that's so important. I think when you truly care about someone, you're driven to please that person. While keeping like your needs and your morals intact, I think that's the healthy part that kind of gets lost. Most people will I want to even say most. Sometimes we can kind of 
being fluctuated by someone and we want to give them everything. We want to give them all of us, but they haven't even gone through your application process to really figure out if that person is a true suit for you. Yeah, you really got to understand what it is about that person, you know, that makes you that makes you come back every day. You know, consider if sex was not in the picture, if you withheld sex or that individual withheld sex, would you be as interested in a relationship? I think yeah, that's a that's a very like important question to ask yourself. A question that you might even want to ask your partner. What is it about me besides the physical that you're interested in? If you really want to get technical about it, that should be established before you even begin to have sex. What is it about this person that I value? What is it about me that they value? Because that's really going to be the glue, the the locomotion that keeps you guys going in the long run versus you have sex kind of on the first night and you're like, whoa, that was good. You know, I want to have that again. And that kind of becomes your motivation. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, that kind of sets the uh, the standard. You know, you started off having sex. It was great. So you kind of come back with that same mentality versus maybe going on a date or holding hands or doing something fun that doesn't necessarily involve sex so you're not necessarily expecting it the next time you kind of focus on other uh, facets of your relationship and kind of bring sex in when it's ready when you have other when you have a foundation kind of set up already you have other things to go through then you bring sex in and now sex is just another thing instead of the only thing Again, you know, sex isn't, you know, a bad thing. I think it's a great thing, I think. Oh, definitely. You just you just want to bring it in when it's time. Because if you start it off on, you know, that foot, then you're going to be uh, most comfortable with that person in a sexual setting when you haven't really gotten to know each other, when you haven't spent more quality time together. So, again, if that's all you're looking for is sex, then, you know, sex is what it is. But if you want more from that, then set that precedence before you bring sex into yeah. the uh to the relationship and you know as far as timing that's going to be different from couple to couple when you're dating you're not necessarily a couple yet but that's going to be different for person to person just like how much information do you need to know before you engage with that person like i remember on the last episode we talked about information that you should know before you even have sex with someone and not being in a relationship. So definitely when you are kind of going through that process of interviewing someone, and I use that word because, you know, it, it somewhat applies to the situation. There are things that you need to know before you make that full circle commitment. I love that we talk about our sex life and how we can please one another. And it's been kind of an evolution of our intimacy. We aren't what we were three months ago. We aren't where we were six months ago. It's constantly changing and evolving as we evolve together. That's always something to look forward to. So if you are in a relationship where you don't feel like there could be any evolution in and outside of the bedroom, then, you know, do yourself a favor and just find something that is better. No matter what the circumstances are, there's definitely a better option. Yeah, no, there's a reason why it's it's so taboo, you know, if you're looking at a, a film or a TV show where two individuals are going on a first date, where it's so taboo uh, to have sex on the first uh, night or to invite that person in after that first kiss. There's a reason why old people tell you not to do that, you know, you just want to get an understanding of that person from, from, from different perspectives other than sex, because the sex might be really good. But the person might not, and you won't really know it, but that's kind of all you really start out with. So you just do, uh, like you said, do yourself a favor and try to really understand that person before you allow uh, 
to allow that to come in between you or to keep you coming back to an individual who might not really respect you as much as you need to be respected. So I guess that would kind of be like our closing thoughts on that, on that whole situation. It's just, you know, taking your, your dating process a bit more serious, really looking at what are your standards. I think that's also important. So in my closing thoughts, ladies, gentlemen, and basically anything in between on the on the spectrum of gender and sex good dick is good 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 pussy is good like anything bedroom related of course it's good it feels good however like that's not all that there is to being happy and to having someone that loves you um because good sex doesn't equal love yeah i completely agree you know um Good sex, great sex can be, you know, a great thing, but it just shouldn't be the primary, uh, your primary motivation behind a relationship. Um, You owe it to yourself to just get to know people that you're spending time with, people who are letting you in their body or you're letting into your body, just uh, just to get to know them first and have that, allow that that sexual fun to be more secondary or, or tertiary factor, but not the primary reason. So you guys... Thank you for listening to another episode of Talk Pod Sex. And this time it's with Monica Renee and... And Aaron. You said that so quick. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I love you. We, <laughs> and we'll see you... Well, not see you, but... Join us next time for another episode of Talk Pod Sex. Like us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram at Talk Pod Sex. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Don't stop, just do it, do it.